have your Bibles or your device, you can turn to Matthew chapter 28, because that'll be our first text that we look at here in just a couple moments. But if you read any kind of leadership books or have been to any kind of seminars that talk leadership, one of the things that they will tell you is that it is important to evaluate. Like it's important to see where you have been and it also helps guide you where you're going in the future. Otherwise, you could just simply get stuck in a rut. Okay, And sometimes you can be stuck in even a good rut, but if you're stuck in that rut, you may never get to the spot where you can be great. Or sometimes that rut can be slowly going downhill, and if you never evaluate it, you don't realize that. And before you know it, you're a lot lower than where you should be. And so evaluation, that can be in personal areas, that can be in people or teams, in jobs and in tasks. And so even with ministry, I was thinking just back about all of last year and what kind of things popped into my mind about things that I remember or things that we did. And one of the things that really jumps out, and it was way back at the beginning of the year, but we just talked about our mission statement quite a bit. Like there's a lot of times at churches when you ask them, hey, what's your purpose? They'll talk, well, we want to love Jesus. We get that. Um, But we talked all about this idea of helping people find and follow Jesus. And I would bet that last year, at the very beginning of the year, most of you wouldn't have known that that was our mission statement. We're like, we need to do a better job of helping people understand that and what does that look like. And so we did. We spent time looking at this idea of helping people find and follow Jesus. And all of that comes from the scripture in Matthew chapter 28 that's known as the Great Commission. And so starting in verse 18 of chapter 28, here's what we read. It says, Then Jesus came to them, or the disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like here's Jesus before he goes back up into heaven and he says, this is what is important. And so this idea of helping people to become my disciples, that requires finding Jesus. And man, the gospel message, I get, we may not know everything about it, but we could look at some of these verses where John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Or Ephesians 2, 8, it says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Or you could look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You see, Scripture over and over again, first off, we want to find Jesus because he is the way. But then once we find, we also then begin to follow with our life. It's not just to check the box that I've got this thing done. It's something that's not even ever achieved. You are continuing to follow. It is this process. And part of the following process is helping others find and follow. This idea of making disciples, of baptizing, of teaching, that's not just a one-time thing. And so I just thought back to that and how we're going to continue to push towards that, our mission here at South Rock. Then I also thought about a couple of the other sermon series that we had a lot of feedback on, one of those being the Psalm series and just being in the Word of God and seeing the character of who He is. Or I think back to the series where we talked about anchors and how Jesus is our anchor that we can be connected to. And we looked at the four things that the early church said, this is important. Amongst everything else, that even things are important, these are the four things that we are connecting to, that we are are building our foundation upon as we're anchored to Jesus. And then we looked at how those anchors really do help us, man, amongst the trials of the storms, those that hit us. 
maybe time and time again. And I loved even how this year our prayer journey, for those of you who got to experience it, kind of did focus on this idea of storms and anchor and how God is there amongst all of that, which that was part of what I thought about this last year too with this idea of prayer. We had a couple of prayer nights here where we spent time praying over things, praying through worship, praying through His Word, and so that was something that was neat. We've also integrated prayer times during certain services where we just give you a moment, whether it's by yourself or your family, because again, it's not just, hey, we're praying from stage. We as a body are going to be praying to God because of the power that is there. I think about this last year that we've changed this to the prayer room, and I think about some of the conversations that have happened in there some of the prayers that have been lifted up. And maybe you don't even know it, but there's a couple little boards there that this board is for prayers and this is for praises and people that have come in and put things there or even come in and prayed over things that people have placed on that board. Again, because God, we want to seek you first. We don't want to do this by our own strength. You know, over the last year, we've hired a couple staff members and uh, I've had some great individual meetings with every single one of them this year. And man, we have a great team. It is a phenomenal team to be part of. This last year, I think about some of the events that happened, whether that was men's events or women's events or the Be the Light event. I think about studies and groups that are continually happening. I think about VBS from last year or youth camps. I think about the memorial service that happens in this room to so many people who are grieving. I think about trail life and upward and just the amount of moments of life change that happen within this last year. And even saying all of those programs and things like that, the purpose of all that is people. And that's what I then think about, is the people of the last year. And I think about the day where there are multiple people going, okay, we're ready to make this decision for Christ today. When we were walking in, that's not necessarily where our minds were, but this is happening today. Or I think about conversations with people who are like, I now know that I can feel the, the, uh, the God is real, that his presence is real. And I don't just know it in my mind, but I have experienced this. And so the life change that has happened because of Jesus in some of those conversations, or I think about some other conversations of just hope. Like, man, even amongst the circumstances that are going on in my life, like Jesus brings me hope and peace things that have happened over the last year. Or I even think about connections that have happened, again, with some individuals going, as I was coming in, I was looking for a place to plug in. I didn't even know what I was looking for, but now I've connected with this family or this group and connection that has happened over this last year. But then I also turn and begin to think about the upcoming year, because again, that's part of evaluation and where are we going And one of the things that I'd love to let you know is a little bit about our leadership. Um, Over the last year, we've had five elders, and I wanted to let you know that one of those is going to be stepping down. And so many of you know Gary Renberger, and he said, you know what? I've been doing a deacon and an elder role for 40 years, and I'm ready to kind of step out of that. And he's going to keep serving in other areas. Man, we are thankful for the amount of time that God has used him in that role. But that would also be a prayer request we'd love to throw out there is would you be praying over the leadership of who is going to fill those roles? And not just one, maybe we'll have a couple of guys that, you know what, biblical leadership as we continue to follow after what God leads. And so that's something that I would ask you to just be praying for. 
And also, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, it's a little bit kind of hard to shepherd a church of our size as far as with our leadership. And so a lot of you have a connection with a minister, and you talk to them when something's going on. Whether it's good or bad, you're like, hey, I'm reaching out to you, tell me about this, can you pray for this? And so there's that aspect. But I also want you to know that our elders are there for you as well. And so we've kind of divided up um, your families based off last name under which elder you have. And so up here on the screen, uh, it shows you kind of which elder is over your family. And so again, those letters are by last name. And so if you're ever interested, hey, I want to reach out to my elder, and maybe you can ask him a question. Maybe you're like, hey, I just want to get to know you. I want to pray for you. I want to thank you for leading the church. Whatever that looks like, I want you to know that. And so, um, again, that's something that maybe you knew, but maybe you didn't. And just as we continue to try to lead this flock the best that we can. You know what, this upcoming years, we're thinking about things. In staff meeting this last week, I kind of asked people, hey, what are some of your personal goals? Even if you haven't written it down, what are things that you're looking forward to this year? And then I asked kind of in the ministry that you lead or the church, what are things that you're excited about? And so some of the personal goals were pretty interesting to hear. Um, we have some book readers, just in case you didn't know, like listening to some of their goals, like a couple of them have like, I'd like to read somewhere between 24 and 36 books. And like, I'm like, I'd like to read one book. That sounds good to me. But like that amount of books and like, does a comic book work? I don't know. But some of those people, they're like, this is something that for their life, they're really excited about in this upcoming year, just continually growing. Or we talked about health things or being intentional in certain things or ways for our family to connect with each other and to connect with God. And even the word balance and just talking about all these things were different goals that were kind of mentioned in the room. And then we were talking about ministry, like so many goals of, hey, in this area, I'd like to tweak this or I'd like to start this new, you know, but every single one of those things had a purpose. But for me, like over the break, like from Christmas to New Year's, I got time to kind of be away and and be with family, but I spent some time thinking and praying and evaluating, and I kind of came up with five things that I think God has been laying on my heart to pray for, but not just pray for whenever it comes to my mind. Like, I am going to pray for these five things for our church every single day of 2023, And these things have come from discussions from our staff and elders retreat or from discussion with either individual staff or as a group or with the elders as a group or individually. They've come from conversations with you in the hallway or here in the seats or at a sporting event when we're watching or even over lunch. I've always been thinking about, God, what is this next step? And not that we just can't be content where we're at. God's got some contentness there. But God, what is this next step? If we are going to be the best bride of Christ that we can be, what is next. And so I'm going to tell you these five things, and everything, every single one of them has three scripture verses that I'm going to share with you as well. They're going to kind of be boom, 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 so they'll all be up on the screen. And again, you can write them down or you can go back in our app later. But I just want to let you know kind of what God has been laying on my heart to pray for our church this year. And so, so the first is this, that I am praying for new believers. I am praying that people will come to know Jesus who do not know him as their Savior. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says, But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. In 2 Corinthians 5, 20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And so we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. And Jude, it only has one chapter, but verses 22 and 23 says, Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. It says, To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. 
You see, one of our main responsibilities as a follower of Christ is to share what we know. We're called to be an ambassador. We're called to give the reasons why we believe. You don't have to know every answer. You don't have to know the Bible inside and out to be a Christian. But here we go. Let me tell you why I believe. It tells us to snatch people from the fire. Do you hear the importance of that? That they are needing saved because everyone needs Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so as a church... And as members of the church, we're called to care for the lost. But that's actually more than just having a feeling. It means doing something about it. And so as I'm praying, I'm praying that our leadership, we would do a good job of equipping believers to be able to share their faith. I'm praying that the desire to share will be created, if it's not there already, within hearts. I'm praying for us to have courage, because sometimes it can take courage to overcome fear. Well, how's this person going to respond? So I'm praying for courage to overcome any type of fear. And then I'm praying for hearts to be open to that truth that is shared, that they would respond. And last week, Sam spoke on loving the way that Christ did. And if we truly do that with purpose, we will influence those around us. So one of the things that I'm praying for every day this year is for new believers, The second thing that I'm praying for has to do with God's Word, that we would love it and that we would live by it. Like, I am praying that we will want to open it, that we will want to study it, and then that we will live accordingly. In Psalms chapter 119, verses 9 through 11, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your Word. It says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes away and he immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, and he continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, He will be blessed in what he does. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 simply says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. So let me ask this question. How much do you love God's word? Like any? Or how much do you open it yourself? Would that word be ever? Like are you involved in any type of study of it? You know what, part of the reasons that I don't put all the verses, the words of the verses up on screen is so that while we're here, we can become more familiar with God's Word and finding it ourselves, whether that's your paper Bible or your app. And you're probably going to hear this in another sermon soon, but like I heard someone speak and challenge his congregation, will you choose to give 1% of your time to God in study of His Word? Like think about all your life, 1%. And maybe some of you are like, that would probably be pretty easy, right? We are given 10,080 minutes within a week. And so if you gave 1% of your life to studying God's Word, that would be 100 minutes a week to be 1%. And you need to know what we do on Saturday night and Sunday morning in here, that doesn't count. You can't say, hey, I'm there, that's good. Like, do we study it? Do we want to hide His Word in our heart? Do we want to hunger for it like we never have before? But not just stopping there. Because again, sometimes we can become really smart, but then we don't live it out. And so I want to live by it. You know, His rules are not there for nothing. Jesus wanted us to experience life to the full. And so that's the purpose. They're there for our benefit and for the glory of God. So I'm praying as a church 
that a desire like we have never had before for God's word will grow. And when people watch our lives, they'll see the fruit. That's what I'm praying for, that with his word, we will love it and we will live by it. Here's the third thing I'm praying for, community. God does not want us to do this life alone. He wants us to be connected. And so in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Or even in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, God wants us to be connected, even with our differences. And I was thinking about that word differences and some events that happened earlier in this week in the NFL. And probably you've heard the story about DeMar Hamlin that just after a tackle, then completely collapsed on the field and was taken to the hospital, and at least right now seems to be doing quite a bit better. But just with that event, there are some things that popped out to my mind that in that moment, you have two different teams. You have different fan bases. You have people watching the game for different reasons. You have people who like soccer better than football that are still watching. You have people who didn't watch or care until they heard the story, and then they go back and watch. And then they came together for something bigger than a game. In that moment, those details didn't matter. In fact, there's a fundraiser that's out there that DeMar Hamlin had started back in 2020, uh, where he was raising money for a toy drive, and he had a goal of 2,500. Someone caught on to that, and now it's become really big out there. And the last number that I saw is that over $8 million has been donated to that, just because people are jumping on saying, we want to be part of this, even if they had no clue about it at the beginning. Because those differences that were once there are now completely put aside for something bigger. And here in the church, there's things that are bigger than sometimes the small details that we sometimes argue about. Now here, I mean, details are important. Understanding what we believe coming from Scripture, understand that is important. But the biggest thing is Jesus. That is what being a Christian is all about. And he constantly spoke about this kingdom of God. And so we are called to come together, not just to listen to a sermon, but to be able to carry each other's burdens, to be able to sharpen one another, to be able to spur or encourage each other each day. And it's interesting in looking at certain, um, I don't know, studies about the church. Right now, if you are, you are considered a regular church attender, if you show up one to two times a month. Like, I'm a regular attender if I show up one to two times a month. And I was just thinking about that. If you went to your job, or if you went to like your sports team, or a committee, one quarter of the time to half the time, would they consider you a regular employee, a regular member of the team? And even more importantly than that, how can you really connect if that is all the interaction you have? And I will tell you, community looks different here within the church for each person. For some people, there is a small group that you connect with, and that is who you do life together with. For some people, it's a class. We are jumping into God's Word on a depth level that then binds us together and helps us through things. 
You know what? For some people, it's like I have found a family or two other families or even an individual with, and we meet for breakfast, and that is the community that helps you to do life. For some of you, you have connected through um, our groups with like a Stevens minister or like the grief share group, and that's something that helps you. For some of you, your community is who you serve alongside of with. Like they're the people that you call, that you text when you have prayer requests. And so community looks different, but the important thing is not to do it alone. And so I am praying that people will choose community within the church this year. And in doing so, we'll see the impact in individual lives we will see the impact in families who are not then just trying to do it by themselves. We'll see the impact in the church as a whole and then therefore in the community that we live in as well. The fourth thing that I am praying for this year is hearts of service. You see, God wants us to use our gifts to benefit other people. And so in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, it says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. It says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12, it says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know what? None of us are above serving others because Jesus served others, and no one was greater than him. And I don't know if you ever thought about just the church and what it takes to make things run efficiently, but it takes volunteers. Like four elders and 21 staff cannot do it all. And I don't know if you've ever actually thought about the purpose of each one of the areas of which people serve. Like, for instance, when you think of kids' ministry— does the first thing that pop into your mind is that babysitting? Because if so, like, you've got it wrong. Man, when people are volunteering in the kids' ministry, they are molding and shaping the lives of children. Or maybe if you think about teens, you're just like, man, that's something to be afraid of. Like, I'm not doing that. But have you ever thought about the other side? Like, the long-term investment that you get to make on individuals or even relationships that you get to be there for them during those really critical years. Or maybe you're involved in teaching or facilitating a small group or a class, and it is so much more than passing along information. It is building community and support and even giving way for aha-type moments when the light bulb comes on. Maybe you're involved with greeting or being at the first timetables, and you're not just holding a door, but you are being a welcoming face as people enter. And there hopefully, you know, there's this uh, inviting atmosphere that has been created as someone is walking in, maybe for the first time because they are looking for hope or they are looking for purpose in their life. And as they walk through, there you are. Maybe you've thought about the praise team or maybe not. They're not just singing and playing, but they're lead worshipers. Maybe you're part of the tech team or the guardian team or the service coordinators or the baptism helpers or coffee bar, and all of those are not just to fill a spot so that everything runs smoothly on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning, but it's so that the Spirit can do His best. Now, hear me on that. We could not do well at all those things, and the Spirit has enough power to still work. But man, when we knock out all these other maybe distractions and things like that, the way that He speaks is amplified. 
You know, we have people who write cards to encourage one another. We have people who are involved with an upward and trail life that use specific avenues to influence and inspire. We have people who come in to help be an office assistant to, to answer the phone or see people during the week if they need to. And they are the front lines when people have a question. We have people that are like, I don't really know all that, but like I can do stuff around the yard or in a house. And they are being the literal hands and feet of Jesus. We have people who are like, I'd love to be part of the missions team because God has given us this funding and man, we get to use it to share the gospel all over the world. Man, when you see what the purpose of serving is, man, it should just get your heart stirred up. Like hearts for service. I'm praying for that. And more than just one day a year on great day of service. I will tell you a couple things that are coming up soon. Um, At one point, we're going to start passing communion trays and offering trays again. Now, for now, we're going to use the all-in-ones, and some of you love that, and some of you don't. And you know what? I've just learned that. Someone's going to be mad no matter what. But we're going to continue to do that in this purpose of being united, of being community, and allowing to serve one another. Um, So you can be watching for more information if you want to be part of that. I also want to tell you about an event coming up on February 5th. We're partnering with a group called Heaven Sent Ministries, and we're going to pack foods, uh, food meals for refugees. And they sent them different places. About eight years ago, our church did this for, uh, with IDES. And uh, it was a great thing that we invited families to and youth to. But we're opening this up. And so we have um, the connection thing up on screen where you can go to southrock.cc slash heaven sent. Or now it's on our events page on our website or on our app. And what's happening is um, someone has paid for all the product and being able to ship it. They just need hands to make it. We're like, that's us. And so we're using the powerhouse. And we're gonna, they said, we want to do 60000 meals, we're like, we think we can beat that, okay? And not maybe just because we're competitive, not really. It is, again, because of people. We want to make a difference in the lives of people. And so we're having three two-hour slots, one from one to three, one from three to five, one from five to seven. You can sign up for one. You can sign up for multiple ones. But we are going to make all these meals to be able to pass along to influence the lives of others as churches are handing these out to the refugees in different countries. And so I tell you that today, too, because we're going to open this up to, like, the upward families and all these things. So we want you to have your spot if you want to be part of it. Sign up as your family. I think I heard the restriction is you need to count to one. If you can count to one, you're good to help, okay? And so we are looking forward to just this moment of service, but again, not because we're checking a box, but because we have this desire to serve and help people find and follow Jesus. And I get that life is busy. Like, I get that. But we also make time for what we feel is a priority. And so I'm praying for people to have this desire to serve, because the more people that you have pulling in a general direction, you get more done and it's easier. Here's the fifth area that I'm praying for. I'm praying for hearts forgiving. I'm praying for hearts forgiving because Scripture talks about giving to the Lord with a cheerful heart. And Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Or 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And even in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, it says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will store up for themselves treasures in heaven and this firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. 
When Jesus was on this earth, he spoke so much about money, and I think that's because for so many people, money runs their life, not God. Like, we trust in money more than him, but God says, I want you to give back to me first, and we'll look at that here deeper in a few weeks. There's a lot of churches, or sometimes people will walk into a church, and they're like, well, churches just preach on money because, like, they need it. Like, that's what they're doing. To be honest, our church does need money to operate, but can I tell you this truth too? God owns everything, and so if He wants something done, He will take care of it, but I would love for you to be part of it. I would love for you to have a hand in that. And so it comes down to trusting God, to thanking Him with what He's already given you, with giving with this intentionality of going, I want to affect others for eternity. And so I'm praying that people will choose to give. And as they do that, as they live in faith in this specific area, you will love God in a new way. And I pray that you will feel His provision in a way that you never have before. So those are the five areas that I'm praying for. I know there's other things I'm going to be praying for as well, and, and, but those are the things that God has laid upon my heart, and I invite you to pray for those five things this year as well. And even as I was speaking, some of you would be like, well, I feel like I'm pretty good in that area or maybe even all of them, but as a body, that's what I'm praying for, for us as a group and then for us as individuals within our group. And even if you're pretty good in one of those areas, even if you're like, man, I feel like God has done a lot in me there, do you think there's even the slightest possibility that God may want to be, do something in you that you never saw coming? So that's my prayer. And this idea of evaluation, there are programs, steps, and lessons that the staff talked about that actually are going to point towards some of these areas. But even with that, it all comes down to people because Jesus died for people. He wants us to love people. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look specifically at how do we do this one person at a time, each one of us loving people one person at a time. And so as we come to the conclusion of the sermon time, what we're going to do is we're actually going to spend a few moments praying where you're at. And you can pray over these five things that I've listed. You can pray whatever else is on your heart. Maybe there's some evaluation of your own life that you're like, I am praying for this of what's happened or what's to come. Maybe there's some conviction of one of these areas that God, what do you want to do in me in this area? As we're praying during this time or when the song is going on afterwards, if you want to pray with someone, the prayer room is open. You can feel free to do that. Or maybe even today as we're talking about Jesus and how he is the root and that, that I want to believe, like today is the day you're like, I want to give my life to him to start this journey with him. And if that's you, again, during this time or during our song, I would invite you to go to the prayer room. But we want to continue to seek him because again, even doing the very best that we can do, but on our own strength, pales in comparison with doing what God wants us to do. And so let's all go to him in prayer saying, God, what is it you want from me or our church this year? So let's pray.